Join me in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22. I'll read it for you. I think we might be having some projection uh, um, issues today, but that's all right. Um, just hear now the word of God. I'm going to read it from the NIV version of the word of God. Therefore, remember that formerly you, you are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcisions, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, somebody say, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far, far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barriers, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commitment. And regulations and regulations his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which it put to death their hostility he came and preached peace to, who, to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also member of his household, built on the foundation built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone and him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The word of God is already blessed. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word. Father, speak through our hearts for your listening. Even though I have studied, but I need your help. Even though I have prepared, but I need your strength. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart will be acceptable into your sight. O oh Lord, my rock, my Savior, and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach this afternoon from this very simple subject, then and now. Say to your neighbor, this was then, this is now. There is a song by Josh Wilson. Um, as a matter of fact, not only there's a song, but there's an entire CD or album called that was then, this is now. If you listen to 
Way FM, K Love, and one of those contemporary radio stations, you would hear those so that song um, sing all the time. And it, the words goes like this. We used to hide from the light. We made friends with the night. We were headed the wrong way on a one on a one track, going nowhere fast. We got used to the dark. We thought this is who we are. And we figured that we were just too far gone. But we were wrong. And it says, cause love came running like a river. And we got washed in the water. Then he said, you forgiven. Your sins are gone. And the chorus goes, that was then. This is now. You brought by the blood, saved by the sun. The sense of saying about that was lost. This is found. And it's time to say goodbye to the old you now. That was then, this is now. Wilson said this song has two meanings. The bigger meaning, I hope people take away from this song, Wilson quote, in this album, is about who you are in Christ and that we've been freed from sins and what we are forgiving of. I like that. I like the way that he said this. This is about who we are. We are now a people who have been forgiven and we've been freed from our sin. Now, I know you're looking at me like I'm a stranger. I'm going to keep saying this again. We are a people who've been forgiven and we are free from our sins. Maybe you're not going to get it. Maybe third time is a charm. We are a people who've been freed from fornication. We've been freed from lying. We've been free from stealing. We've been free from all that mess. We've been forgiven of our sins. You missed it. You missed your image right, right, right now. In other words, once you understand who you were, you now have the ability to say, that was the old me. But this is the new me now. How do you like me now? Um, ooh, I, I feel like I'm about to preach right now. I'm about to preach myself over this pulpit. You, you understand? I know what I used to do. Okay, maybe not y'all. I forgot. Y'all were born in redemption, raised in redemption, baptized when you were in your mama's belly, and so therefore you never sinned. I, 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 let, let me preach to myself. Pastor Perry preaching to himself. Amen, hallelujah. I know what I used to do. I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't born a pastor. I was born from a family where there was no pastor. But I know what God, where God took me from. And I know what he has done for me. So I know what I've been freed from. Even though I never drink or smoke, but I know what I've been freed from. God freed me from sins and forgave me. Now, <laughs> I'm a child of God. And in our text, in Ephesians chapter 2, the, the, the whole, the first half of the book, which Clevin's preached about a, a, a few weeks ago, 
the first half of the chapter, um, literally, if you think about it, it's the first half of the, the, the chapter, chap, chapter two, emphasized in our position. Chapter one, emphasized in our possession. Chapter one is about our possession. Chapter two is about our position in Christ. In other words, your position determines your possession and authority. Um, you don't get what I'm saying. Um, PJ is my oldest. He's my son. While, while I'm at the school that I work at, PJ, PJ goes to the same school. Because PJ is my son, PJ just walked into my office at any given time. As a matter of fact, he walked in at times, oh, I didn't realize you were on the, on the phone or you had a meeting. Now, you can do that. He can do it. Do you know why he can do it? Because of who he is to me. Because he is my son. That gives him access to my office, even though y'all can't come to my office. You got to make an appointment. You got to knock on the door when you get there. And I can tell you, like, wait, you know, come in. But him, because he's my son, all he does is open the door and start talking. Now, sometimes I'm like, I'm in, you know, mute, but he is my son. In other words, because of his position to me, because of who he is to me, give him a position that makes my office his locker. You're going to get this on your way home. So, so when we think about this text, in the first half of the chapter, Paul has been telling the people what God has done for sinners in general. You know, for by faith you've been saved through grace. It is not what you've done, but it is what Jesus has done, so therefore no one can boast. But now, Paul is about to get into the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, Jews are God's chosen people. God made a covenant with the Israelites. God says, you are my people, I am your God. And God chose the Israelites. Can I teach the Bible real quick? God chose the Israelites to be the model to get the whole world. But the Gentiles were not God's chosen people. Not only they were not God's chosen people, but they chose to worship false gods anyways. So now, when Jesus came, there is a reconciliation that needs to take place. There is a unification that needs to take place. Because we were separated. As a matter of fact, the whole temple system, and I preached on this here before, the whole temple system had a segregation system into it. You know, if you're not Jews, you stay out in the courtyard. But only Jews were allowed to get inside of the temple. And only a special uh, high uh, um, priest can go into the place where they can make the sacrifice. Women had their seats men at their place, and foreigners or strangers or people who are not Jews, they got to be out. 
But praise be to God. Praise be to Christ Jesus that we are no longer separated by genders, neither male or females, neither Jews or Greek, because now in Christ Jesus, we've been one. So there are three words, three words I want you to take home to, with you today. Separation, reconciliation, and unification. This is all my whole sermon right here. Separation, reconciliation, and unification. Say, say, Pastor Perry, preach Pastor Perry. Now, I'm about to preach. I'm about to preach. You ask me, I'm about to preach right now. There you go. Um, first thing, what the Gentiles were, separation. We were separated. Verses 11 and 12 clearly say this. This is what it says. Therefore, remember, connecting what I said to you, uh, um, chapter uh, um, verses 1 through uh, um, 10. Uh, um, in, in chapter 2, it says, Therefore, remember that you formerly, you, you, you who are Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcised. The Jews were circumcised. As a matter of fact, Paul says this, he was circumcised on the eighth day. In other words, the Jews, when they were born, they were circumcised. And the circumcised were the cutting off of the foreskin of the male genitalia. Okay? So they were circumcised. Now, that was a clear identification that you are a Jew, you belong to God's people. Okay? So, but this was done by men. But what God wants to do in you and I is the circumcision of the heart. God wants to circumcise your heart to whether you belong to him. Now, watch this. It says this, uh, um, the circumcision which done by uh, in the body by human hands. Remember, watch this, two times Paul says to remember who you were. Remember that at, at, at that time you were separated from Christ. For, for first thing, you were without Christ. In other words, the Ephesians worshipped the goddess Diana. And before coming to the gospel, they knew nothing about Christ. But those who claim that pagan religion are just acceptable to God as the Christian faith will have a problem here. But Paul cites the Ephesians were Christless. They were without God. And here's the thing. Not just the Ephesians then, but there are people watching now, people listening to me here, who are without Christ. If you are without Christ, you are no different than the Ephesians were at that time. Because what, if, you're not, if you're not worshiping Christ, you're worshiping somebody else. No matter what age you are, if you don't worship Christ, you're worshiping somebody else. Paul cite the Ephesians Christless state as a definite tragedy. But then keep in mind that every unsaved person, Jew or Gentile, is outside of Christ, and that means condemnation. If you do not know Jesus Christ, you are you will be condemned. But if you know Jesus Christ, you will live forever. Watch this. It continues to say this. They were without citizenship. 
God called the Jews and built the Jews into a nation. He gave them his law and his blessings. A Gentile could not enter the nation as a proselyte. But he was not born into that very nation. Israel was God's nation in a way that was not true of any Gentile nations. If you guys know in the, the Gospel of John, it says this Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. To all who believe in him, he gave them the right to become children of God, not by birth, not by blood, but because of what Jesus has done. That, 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 that's why that's that's why I keep telling people this. I don't understand how y'all or, or, or y'all entertain the black Israelites movement. You ain't no Jew. You're not. No, no, I'm, I'm being I'm being straight up. If you are a Jew, the Bible is a lie. You're not. And praise God, you're not a Jew. Because the provision has been made for Gentile. Be careful the nonsense you allow people to tell you. You are Gentile. Haitians, Gentile. You're not a son of Shem or Ham or whomever. No, you're not. You're a Gentile. A Gentile with somebody who separated from God. You are not the chosen one. But God made a provision. And Christ Jesus, you were chosen. You were, you were without uh, 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 Christ without citizenship, without covenants. God made the covenant with Abraham. But God said, the whole earth will be blessed through Abraham. You are without hope. What do you call someone who is without Christ, without citizenship, without covenants? Covenants is a promise. Without hope. In other words, when you die, where are you going? And you don't know God. You're doomed to go to hell. But in Jesus Christ, that changes everything. Not only we see the separation, what the Gentiles were, but, but now we see the reconciliation. What did, what God did for the Gentiles? Verses 13 through 18. We're just going to go through it in a minute. Let, let, me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Can, can I make it short? Next slide. Look at what verse 18, look what it says. You were without Christ, but now you are in Christ. You were an alien, but now you are a holy nation. You were a stranger, but you know you're no longer a stranger. You were without hope, but you are now called and one hope. You are without God, but now the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is your daddy. This is, this is the whole thing. This is the whole second point right here. I, I, trust me, I have a whole lot of, you know, a lot to say in this, but this is the whole highlight. What's being done here, it's a parallel. This is who you were, and this is who you are. This is this was then, this is now. That was then, this is now. Back then you were a stranger, but now you are no more a stranger. Back then you had no hope, but now you have hope in Christ. Because Jesus Christ changes everything. See, 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 that's why 
you, you, you can't be messing with those other religions out there that say Jesus was a good prophet. No, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. Because Mohammed doesn't change, doesn't, because you believe in Mohammed doesn't make you, you know, you're no longer a stranger to God. You're still a stranger to God. Because you, 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 you do, you, you do uh, uh, um, yoga, devotion, and all this stuff, you're still a stranger to God. It's only when you place your faith in Jesus Christ that changes everything. And, and you, you have to realize this. Uh, um, in order for Jews and Gentiles to be reconciled, the wall of separation had to be destroyed. What we had was separation between us and God. But when Jesus came and died, there was no more separation. The cost of destroying the enmity was the blood of Christ. We are no longer enemies of Jesus Christ. That's why you, 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 you got to give them all Haitian credit. Le son de Jésus, le son de Jésus. Give them credit now. They know what the blood can do. You got to know what the blood can do for you now. Listen, the blood of Jesus changes everything. Not just on first Sunday, but it's on every day. Le son de Jésus. That's why your mom said, son de Jésus, could we be so that You go away to school, son de Jésus. You go driving, son de Jésus. Listen, there's something to it. Don't, 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 don't laugh on it. It's real. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law, son of Jesus, you know. I remembered um, PJ was about maybe seven months or so, six months, six months. We came, we came here, we came, I, I came to preach. I think I was preaching in Delray. I came to preach a revival in Delray. And so we came down here and then, um, you all know Peterson. Uh, um, Noah's godfather. So at that time, Peterson, mom lived right behind the hospital on Third Avenue. So I went, you know, we're my way, we're on our way to go to the church and to go preach. It. Stop by to see Peterson because we just came and flew in and go to the hotel, change, and about to go preach. But you know, just go to see Peterson before. And then so Peterson's dad was inside, happy to see me and hey, Pastor, you know, you know, you know, good Haitians. And, and then, and then. Um, my wife is outside. So Peterson's mom ran outside to go see my wife with PJ. I don't know what it is, what PJ had an allergic reaction to with, whatever it was, but PJ started throwing up and his eyes and his head going backwards. And so my wife was a little taken back by it, right? And we were firstborn and, and stuff like that. And so, so Peterson's mom just came in and grabbed PJ and said, Son of Jesus! And, and and everything went after after that. Everything went well. You, you know what I mean? That's it. That's it. Son of Jesus, right? So so which means that it's not just what that did for my son, but it's what it can do for you. Because what it did, it brings us a peace. Because if you're a stranger then you're fighting against God. There's peace that comes to you. Can I illustrate this to you in, 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 another, in another way? Um, in, in 1961, and I don't know what they teach you guys in history nowadays, but 
you guys may not even know when Germany used to be two Germanys. There used to be East Germany and West Germany. Those of you who went to school in Haiti, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what they teach you in America nowadays, but those of you who went to school in Haiti, you did your primary school in Haiti, you know what I'm talking about. East Germany and West Germany. Uh, uh, um, this wall cut West Berlin off to the rest of Germany's. Family and friends were separated for generations by this wall. East German guards patrolled the wall and killed hundreds, including whole families who tried to cross the wall to freedom in West Germany. East Germany was under oppressive reg regime. West Germany was freed. On November 9, 1989, East Germany government announced that East Berliners could pass through the walls to visit people in the West. A celebratory atmosphere broke out with both East and West Berliners climbing onto the wall and a short time. Souvenir hunters began to chip away at the wall. Before long, the governments of both East and West Germany dismantled the wall completely. This led to the reunification of Germany in 1990. Um, if you ever have time, go on YouTube and watch some of those whole footage. You would see a small glimpse of what, glimpse of what Paul is trying to teach us here. When the wall fell, the people from both east and west crossed the no man's land where the wall had stood. These former enemies embraced one another in the spirit of unity. In other words, there were no more east Germans or west Germans. There were just Germans. What I'm saying to you, what Paul is saying to you here, when you place your faith in Christ, if you are a Jew who believe in Jesus, if you are a Haitian who believe in Jesus, there are no longer Jews or Haitians. If you are a Jew who believe in Jesus, if you are an American who believe in Jesus, there are no longer Jews or um, Christian or American Christian. What I'm saying to you, when you believe in Jesus, there's no longer a nationality that defines you. You are now a Christian. That's the unification. That, that's the reconciliation that's take place. Not only we saw, we see that there is, there was a separation and there's reconciliation, but now to caps it off, in verse 19 to 22, we see now there's a unification. The unification. What Jews and Gentiles are now in Christ. There's no more Jews or Gentiles. If you believe in Jesus, we are all one. Uh, um, can I tell you this? Um, you who believe in Christ, 
You can have your blood brother or sister. If they don't believe in Christ, you and I are closer than you are to your brother that came from the same womb as you, that shares part of your DNA. If they don't believe in Christ, you and I, we are closer. That's why y'all can come to church and be mean to one another. That's why y'all can come to church and, and, and have all grudges against one another. That's why you cannot come to church and be messing around in any kind of way. Because we are part of one family. Paul said this. Watch this. In verse 19, it says we are one nation. Israel was God's chosen nation. Before, before I get there, let, 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 me, let, me say, let me say this to you. I put it in my note. Paul repeated the word one to emphasize the unifying work of Christ. Made both one, verse 14. One new man, verse 15. One body, verse 16. One spirit, verse 18. All spiritual distance and divisions have been overcome by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, we are no longer separated. There is no distinction. There is no separation because we now part of one nation, one family, and one temple. What a day this will be. Y'all think, think it's, it's, a, it's a joke. This is something very important. One nation. You, you know how you says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty Listen, listen. No, no. I pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ, my Lord. I belong to the eternal family of Jesus Christ, the sense of past, present, and future. I have a family. Abraham is related to me, not by blood, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. David is my homeboy, my brother. Not because I'm, I came from his family, but because of what Jesus has done. Moses, Joshua, Peter, they all, we all, and just the same way, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Marc, Jean-Marie, all the, you know, the Mahatians name. Marie was, Marie Jeanne, Pesifwe. We all become part of one nation, one family, one temple. The foundation of our faith is important. We are no longer separated. We are part of one. They tell the story many years ago of a young boy named William. He stood at the gate of Buckingham Palace. He stood there for most of the day, wanting to see King Edward, the King of England, the King of the King of England. He didn't really want to ask for anything. He merely wanted to meet the king. There were several obstacles that stood between the young men and the king. Number one, there was the wall around the palace. Number two, there was the gates and the wall and the palace. And number three, there are the king's guards. 
there were the policemen who stood nearby. All those things conspired to prevent William from getting a glimpse of the king. After a while, a policeman told William it was time for him to leave and go home. William pleaded to be allowed to see the king. The policeman told him that it was impossible because he could not get in. About that time, about that time the policeman snapped to, uh, um, to attention at the gate and the gate swung open. A young man walked past the gate, past the policeman, and took William by the hand. And together, they walked through the gate. The guards opened up. They walked through the gates, past the guards. The young stranger showed Williams all the highlights of the palace. After a while, they came to a door and walked in. William could not believe his eyes. There, right before him, was the king of England on his throne. The king and his palace and his throne. The young stranger said, Father, I have a young boy who wants to meet you. Meet my friend, William. William, meet the king. You missed it. The young boy, the young stranger who took William by the hand said, Father, meet my friend, William. William, meet the king, my father. William didn't know it, but his new friend was Prince Edward, Prince of Wales. By meeting the son, William had access to the father. Ooh, I, I'm not preaching good, but you're not answering good, but that's all right. By meeting the son, he had access to the father. In other words, when he met the son, he was no longer separated to his king. When he met the son, he was united with his king because, because he met the son, he recon the son reconciled the king and the young boy who wanted to meet him. Uh, I I'm talking at a higher, deeper level. When you meet Jesus the Christ, he comes before the father and said, Father, Here's Perry. He used to sin. But because of me, he no longer sins. I made him perfect. Father, meet my friend. Friend, meet my father. Woo! Father, meet my friend. Friend, meet my father. All I'm trying to tell you, what you were then cannot be what you become now. Because if you know Jesus, it all changed. Let, let me go back to what I said to you guys earlier. Application. Ask yourself this question. Um, are you without Christ? Because that can be the old you. That can be then. Because if you were Christ, this is now. 
So you have to know this. And this Christ cannot be your mama's Christ, meaning it has to be your Christ. You cannot cook tail into your mama. That the prince took the hand of the young men. But you know something that they don't say? The young men must allow the prince to take his hand. Are you guys with me? Because he didn't know who the prince was. But if he saw that the gate was open for that boy, you understand? The gate opened, the soldiers now all of a sudden, hop, hop. So that must be somebody, was it? Then can I tell you something? Jesus died and got up. He is somebody. You know who he is? The savior of the world. Do you want to be a foreigner? Or do you want to be part of a holy nation? Do you want to be a stranger? Or no longer a stranger? A lot of you have no hope. Can I tell you Jesus gives hope? He gives hope. You don't have to be separated. You don't have to be separated. You are without God. But now God can be your father. They don't say what happened to that boy after he left the palace. I'm pretty sure he left the palace. He, he couldn't stay there. But can I tell you something? You don't have to leave God's palace. You get to be with him forever. You're with him forever. So my question for you, do you want to be, do you want to remain separated? Do you want to be reconciled? And do you want to be unified? God bless you.